Kia ora and welcome to the Dawn Chorus. I'm Bernard Hickey. It's Tuesday the 13th of July here on the Kaka. Today I want to have a look at some of this chatter we're seeing around the market that interest rates are about to go up very quickly and very high because of all the inflation pressure as we see plenty of skill shortages and problems with the logistics um, chains talk that this Friday, for example, we could have an inflation rate of nearly 3%. Remember, the Reserve Bank's supposed to keep inflation somewhere between 1% and 3%, and preferably around 2 So the theory is the Reserve Bank will bring forward its expected rate hikes from the middle of uh, next year, which is what it last forecast in May, to November. And that when it does increase rates, it could do it reasonably quickly or more quickly than previously expected to uh, nearly 2% over the next couple of years. So the theory is that would double interest costs for people who are currently on 2% mortgages. If the mortgage rates went up to 4%, suddenly their mortgage costs would double and they'd be completely blown out of the water. The assumption is that everyone is up to their eyeballs in debt and just a small increase in interest rates will completely blow them out of the water. Well, let's have a closer look at just how stressed those homeowners are, not just in terms of the interest costs as a proportion of their disposable income, but how much equity they've got. You know, will they go underwater if house prices fall? Well, turns out that because interest rates are very low, the average amount that homeowners are paying in interest costs is less than 6%. So a doubling would see their spending on mortgages as a proportion of their disposable income rise from 6% to 12%. That's significantly lower than many people are paying out in rent, but also it's significantly lower than the last time we saw interest rates uh, rise, which was around 2008-2009 when interest rates were over 10%. So essentially, homeowners can afford it just fine. Secondly, you've got to remember that banks are not lending to people who are unable to afford a mortgage that is rising to 4%. In fact, their affordability thresholds are more like 6.3% on average. So that means the banks won't lend to you if you can't handle a mortgage rate of 6% or higher. And that means that um, there's a lot of leeway in there for interest rates to rise and for people to still be able to afford to pay their mortgage. The other thing is everyone ex thinks that, you know, all the people who've borrowed lots of money in the last few years must be right up to the limit. And if house prices were to fall 10, 20 percent, then they'd be in deep trouble. You've got to remember that house prices have risen 30 percent in the last year. So if they fell 10 or 20%, we'd be going back to where they were in November, <laughs> December last year. So we're talking, at best, the people who are most stretched borrowed a 10% or a 20% uh, deposit mortgage. So they've, they had 80 to 90% loan-to-value ratio. So they're probably okay. Um, we're only talking really the people who borrowed in the last month or two. And then also remember, because they can still keep uh, servicing the mortgage, the banks are very unlikely to kick them out simply because they're underwater. 
And actually, when you look across the market, you'd think that New Zealand is really stretching its collective loan-to-value ratio, but that's simply not true. Remember, uh, the value of houses is now up over $1.5 trillion, but the amount of mortgages out there is less than $300 billion. So we're looking at a gearing ratio, a collective loan-to-value ratio for the housing market, of barely 20%. So for someone who has a 20% mortgage on the value of their home, you wouldn't think they were stressed, and that's where the housing market is. Now, you may say, how, how on earth is that so low? I thought everyone was borrowing like crazy. Well, uh, luckily for us uh, and the Reserve Bank um, and the economy and the housing market, since 2013, the Reserve Bank has been cracking down on the high LVR lending. And uh, at various points, it's been screwed right down. It was one time, about nine months, when they were removed completely. And that showed how much pressure was building underneath that lid. Now the lid's back on. So it is much harder to borrow, you know, 95%, 100%. But even then, the banks weren't doing much of that sort of, you know, 90% plus lending, particularly to landlords over that time, even post-COVID. So there is not a risk that a rise in mortgage rates to 4% or so would blow the economy and the housing market, or the banks for that matter, out of the water. They're perfectly able to handle that sort of increase in interest rates. Now, obviously, if interest rates went to 20%, that is um, that would be a problem. But no one in their right mind is expecting that, even the most hawkish of um, economists. Also, before everyone gets too worried about um, the risk that, for example, a lot of people who are on short-term mortgages or floating mortgages would all rush to get into three- and five-year mortgages, which would force the banks to rush into the wholesale debt market and also look to um, you know, hedge themselves, and therefore that would push up interest rates for longer-term mortgages, even more than the official cash rate has risen. Uh, you've got to remember that a, a lot of people have been here before. Anyone in the market more than five years ago who did this, who saw interest rates rising, and they did briefly in 2010 and 2014, if they'd seen this and gone, oh, right, we're about to see a you know two, three percentage point rise in interest rates, I better fix now for three years or five years. Those people who did that very quickly, within a couple of years, had to wind that back. Some of them had to break their fixed mortgage deals, and there were big fees for that. So just be be wary of that before you think of um, fixing out there three, four, five years. If you think, and you're right, that interest rates do spike, you know, maybe they go from 0.25% to 2.5-3% inside the next year or two, um, then it's probably worth it. But uh, not even the most hawkish economists are thinking that. And also, just hold on too about whether or not we will actually have this big sharp rise in the official cash rate. Now yes, New Zealand feels hot right now. Uh, remember we're the only place in the world that pretty much has no restrictions on uh, movement and uh, we don't have a community outbreak. We don't have a Delta outbreak. Well, New South Wales definitely has a Delta outbreak and there are new waves of infections and hospitalizations and deaths sweeping across Europe which are forcing new restrictions. Britain is about to do the most awful experiment where it opens up completely this weekend. Um, I'd be surprised if that stays there. 
And um, the Americans, too, are only up about um, 50, 60% vaccination. And Delta is racing through those places. My view, actually, is that we're unlikely to open our borders properly now until 2024. So, you know, the global economy maybe is not as hot as it feels like it is here. Uh, also, um, on Friday night, the um, Chinese Central Bank, the People's Bank of China, essentially loosened monetary pol policy by uh, lowering its uh, reserve ratio requirement. Now, this is a, a, a tool they use to allow banks to lend a lot more. And effectively, it's a tightening, uh, sorry, a loosening of monetary policy. Now, the reason they're doing that is because they're starting to see a slowdown in the Chinese economy. We're going to get more information on that later this week. But the People's Bank of China, I suspect, gets the stats early. And they're saying, OK, we need to loosen a bit. And that's pretty unusual because they didn't loosen much during COVID itself. And um, they're loosening at the sort of levels and the sort of way they did actually during the global financial crisis. So... China is actually loosening. So all those people who think, you know, we're about to tighten because everyone in the world's tightening, A, that's not true. The Reserve Bank of Australia and the Federal Reserve aren't expected to tighten until 2023. The Chinese are actually loosening. And also last night, the European Central Bank's President, Christine Lagarde, came out and said that once they finish their current $1.5 trillion uh, printing program next year, they could do some more printing. Uh, so definitely the European Central Bank isn't thinking much about tightening at the moment. So just a, a little splash of cold water for all those people um, starting to think about uh, hiking uh, interest rates and about um, racing out and fixing like mad. Now, elsewhere in today, there is a bit of um, news around, in particular, Henry Cook over at Stuff has a scoop, it turns out. Judith Collins has been quietly chatting to Don Brash about her latest Hapuapua um, campaign, you know, demanding debate. Uh, that's not a good look for the National Party. Uh, he was in charge during the whole Iwi Kiwi thing and the Arua switch, which I don't think would go down very well these days. That was back in 2003. Judith Collins is definitely pulling the party further and further to the right and the extremes to um, shore up her own base and to try and win back some of those voters who've gone to New Zealand First and ACT. And they are um, they tend to be very socially conservative and um, this whole hapuapua stuff uh, resonates for them. But they're not the middle of the electorate. They're not the median voter that um, Judith Collins actually needs to get re-elected. Might keep her in as leader for a bit longer, but um, in terms of, you know, what does it mean for election results and that sort of thing, uh, I would have thought it reduces slightly the chance that she becomes the Prime Minister at any point. Also, some interesting bits and pieces I've thrown in there are some long reads, one in particular from the Harvard Business Review on calling bullshit on this whole uh, sustainability reporting thing, a really interesting thing because a lot of people were bought into this idea that we can solve the problems of climate change and inequality by just making companies um, report more transparently. Well, there's been a lot of reporting, but actually not much improvement on either any front. Also some fun charts showing um, New Zealand's uh, performance economically and in health terms and how we're at the top of an uh, EY uh, list out today, um, but just another um, dose of reality here. Uh, yet we have the lowest um, infection and death rates and uh, an open economy, but also one of the lowest 
uh, vaccination rates. So there, but for the grace of God, go us. And some fun things at the bottom, including a fun video. Hope you all enjoy that. That was the Dawn Chorus for Tuesday the 13th of July. I am Bernard Hickey for the Kaka.